All right, we're with Emil Calacuzzi, the post-fight breakdown. Yeah. I think this is episode 9 or 10, I'm not sure. Should I should actually check my numbers. But Emil, how are you feeling? How are you today? Well, um, all good. A week of the fight, got to recover a bit. Still injured a bit. But other than that, I'm all good. Perfect. No, there's no camera here, unfortunately. I wish you could see it. As dapper as ever, three-piece suit. He's got the waistcoat. He's got the <laughs> golden bow tie. He's got the, he's got the appendages on the side. Gee, she's looking like a champion even on a Sunday morning. That's you know what I mean? yeah. When you got out of the car, I was like, are you coming from church? Are you on your way to church? Like, no, nah, I skipped church, but I dressed like this for you. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it. Here I am in my slob short Sunday t-shirt vibe. But hey, dude, I love how you dress and especially how you came to the ring dressed like, uh, I think, were you wearing the same thing? Yeah, yeah, like yeah. The same thing you were wearing and you came into the ring to do a chat in front of the crowd and people remember that. And uh, from a marketing perspective, you seem to nail it on the head better than anybody else in boxing does. Well, there's a reason. That's why I'm called the swag star. That's the whole point of it, you know. Everything I do, I do with swag, you know. It's not all about funky clothes, but I'm classic. I like being classic, unique, you know. Not like each and every kind of boxer, like dressing, shorts, track suit. I do my own thing, you know. Even when I'm home, I just put on a suit just to look good, you know what I mean? <laughs> Even when you're at home. <laughs> yeah, man. Rocking PS2 on a Saturday. For sure, man. You're playing your PlayStation, you just want to look at your suit, man. You're good. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, speaking of the of the uh, identity and dress, mm-hmm. I did notice the ANC shirt yeah, yeah, yeah. that you wore to the ring. Now, yeah. I think great move Mm -hmm. but also i also see the other side of that aspect and why you did that because it almost seems to me like you're fighting to be recognized yeah as a south african not just as a person from cape town yeah 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 yeah. but as a person who says hey i'm just like everybody else here i'm one of you guys and i want to be recognized as one of you guys and the anc shirt great move I think you you nailed it on the head there because I've always thought of you as as one of us. Yeah. I mean, there's this whole like the political thing. Everyone's African for fuck's sake. Could we all just get over ourselves and just appreciate what we are? Yeah. And uh, I think you absolutely nailed it on the head with that. And uh, I'd like to see you carry on doing it because I think it's from a marketing perspective, it's a great move because mm-hmm. you are certainly showing people I'm South African just like you. Yeah. And. Um, you know, for people to see it, especially South African black people to see it. Because, I don't know, do you get the impression that they don't see you as a South African black person? I think that's the whole point, you know. I'm not worried much about it, but I thought when, before I put on that t-shirt, I thought twice, you know. Like, congrats, we got a new president. Lovely stuff, you know. And I thought of that t-shirt, I'm like, hey, lovely president. And how about let me just let me see how my and it wasn't obviously it wasn't part of my outfit. Yeah. You could see my whole outfit was red and white, you know. So I'm like, you know what? Just mix it up a bit, you know. Mix it up a bit and put it on, you know. Whatever happened happens. If people talk, talk. As long as this is the president, there's nothing I can do, you know. I want to show people that I love the country and I want to support the country, you know. And I want the country to support me. That's the whole point. You as know. well as the South African flags on your trunks. For sure, yeah. And I, I, I thought that was a great move. I think, um, you know, like I said, I identify as a South African. And I think that you've been living here your whole life. Well, you, yeah. you were born here. Yeah, yeah. And you still got the rough end of the draw in being not considered South African enough to fight for our country. Yeah, yeah. Which is totally ridiculous. Straight off the top. 
And uh, I think that your um, your 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 motion of showing the people that I'm one of you is something that people need to pay attention to because obviously I don't know how heavy you are on on Facebook if you're if you're in the boxing groups or you yeah, do you see all the comments that yeah. got written after your fights? Yeah, yeah. So I saw everything. I saw some couple of comments of me fighting for the WBC Silver Youth. I saw all, I saw each and everything. You know, I saw your comments. You know. I saw each and everything, but I don't always speak back. You know, I let the people talk and mm. to speak their mind, you know. I just read them, you know, I keep on reading. I'm always updated. I see each and everything, you know. But I prefer sitting back, you know, just let the people speak their mind, you know. But the whole point is, what does the people think about me, you know? Do they think I'm one of them or am I against them? I'm surely with them, you know. And from from the beginning, you know, I'm always with them. But the whole point is, do the people think about me as well? Yeah. And I mean, it, it's something that really, it, it boggles my mind. In you, and especially considering the size of the Cape Town boxing community, boxing in general in South Africa is a small, tight-knit community. For sure. So Cape Town's even smaller than that. Yeah, yeah. And, I, you know, you read the comment section, and I can't understand how in you we have a young, charismatic guy who definitely can fight, who's definitely got talent to be there and definitely deserves to be where you are. Yeah. Yet they're these idiots who seem, who mostly, I didn't see them at your fight either. Yeah, yeah. They'll sit on Facebook and they'll comment as though they think that you're inferior, <laughs> that you're, you're being, you've got a good set of people behind you that are, marketing you more than what your skills are yeah. worth and all of that. And I'm sitting at ringside and I watched your fight intently. Like I've watched all the fights that I've either ring announced and your pro debut where I wasn't the ring announcer. And I've seen you evolve. And when I, when I got you into the middle of the ring and I said, this is the evolution of Emil Kalakuzi as a fighter. Because John Bapape presented, yeah. I think, your hardest fight. Yeah, yeah, Would you yeah. agree with that? I, I agree, I agree. Hardest fight of your career? It was a tough competitor. Now, coming into that fight, yeah. Manny Fernandez up in Joburg, who knows Bopape well, yeah. said he's an above-average fighter. Don't <laughs> let his record fool you. What he brought was a bigger guy than you. Yeah. Leverage on his punches, longer arms, longer reach. Yeah. Amazing that he got down to that weight because he is that much of a bigger guy. He could easily fight at middleweight. Yeah, for sure. And probably carry his power. For sure. Now, did you know much about him before you had that fight? Um, John Papape, I I knew him from one fight that he fought a guy from Cape Town. You know, he fought one dude that was beaten by one of my sparring partners, Christiane Dubasi. So... I thought I check. I trying to compare Christian Dubas' style, compare the guy he beat, then I put John Papape. Well, I checked some couple of videos of him in YouTube, and it wasn't that great. You know, it was. I could say for me, from my point of view, it was an easy fight that he got there. That was definitely an easy fight, and this was his first time that he went for ten rounds. You know, and I was like, okay, you know what? It doesn't matter about the fight. It doesn't matter that even the fight was easy. I'm just gonna go there and fight. We we'll see what happens, you know. At the end of the day, last man standing, and it was me, you know. So I checked them, checked them. Uh, well, I was being told by a couple of few people, "Yo, don't be fooled 
of his record as well. And he's not stupid. You know, I was told by my assistant coach and stuff. I'm like, okay, no matter that, but I'm still going to fight back. If he's tough, we'll see in the ring, you know. So at the end of the day, I won. I, I was really, really impressed. I was really, really, I was happy with the performance. You know, my fitness rate was really high, and I was really checking, okay. Now, for me, my part is like, okay, the reason why I couldn't, I didn't want to stop the fight or knock the guy out, I had two problems. My my wrist and my shoulder was messed up from sparring, so I couldn't. I had to hold back. You so know? you weren't 100% going into the fight? No, 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 no. Fighters seldom are. I mean, yeah. fight camps are brutal ways to yeah, prepare yeah, yeah. for a final job. Yeah. Um, and then if uh, for people, for the benefit of people who didn't watch the fight, my overall view of what you were able to execute was, okay, you're fighting a bigger guy, his footwork isn't as good or he isn't as fleet of foot as you are because you had the advantage of, you're highly athletic. Your athleticism is probably what I think puts you above your boxing ability is the fact that your body can bail you out of any kind of situation yeah, yeah. that you get into just with pure reflex mm -hmm. and uh, your sight and your ability to judge distance on punches. Mm -hmm. First round, you very much toyed with him, mm -hmm. even though you you kind of sort of still trying to work him out. Yeah, yeah, there was yeah. a you definitely you you won that that round hands down. 10-9 as an opener. And then I thought, okay, cool. So is this the way it's going to go? He did manage to catch you in the second round. Yeah. And it kind of had you... I didn't say you walked off the game plan, but it did make you take stock of like, yeah, I'm yeah. in a real fucking fight here. Yeah, yeah. What did he catch you with? How did that happen? Were you stunned? Well, f first round, I always do... I'm not going to go for a knockout. I'm like, okay, first round, listen, your boy, you're going to try and... Study this boy a little bit, you know, just trying to catch him a bit and trying to feel what he got, you know. First round, boom, went great. Second round was my worst round ever in my whole life. I can agree you with that. I, mean? I was hoping you were going to say that because that's what I think. It was my worst round, you know. I really, I, I admit, you know, I'm a man of my words. I admit he caught me well. He caught me one punch in the um, central corner, the wide corner. He caught me in the body, eh? He caught me on my liver. I'm like, okay, okay, now we're fighting. Put down on the now, mouthpiece. You know, and I'm like, okay, now, you know, in boxing, you just have to have a little bit of tricks, you know? So I'm like, and the guy was pushing me down a bit, you know? I'm like, okay, listen, your boy, now we're really fighting. This is something else. I'm like, okay, good. I was done. I stepped back, but what I did, I didn't show anything. I just move around, you know, play around with the thing, play around, play around, go back in the corner. I'm like, you're definitely coach. on the run, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You needed time to recuperate. I really needed that round, you know. But one thing I realized in the fight, this guy is heavy. Okay, he's tough, but he does not have that much of power to knock me down. Yeah, that's one thing I re I put it in my head. I'm like, he can hit whatever he got, but it's not gonna take me down. You know, and he did really catch me like real good punches. I'm like, okay, this is, this is my legs gone. But with my fitness and my cardio, everything keep me going. You know, so I'm like, okay, I was in my head. I was like, okay, boy, listen, man, you have to now watch this right hand and make sure he doesn't catch that body each and every time. You know, because that's my weak part. But in his head, he didn't see anything. Yeah, I was going to say, did he notice that he stunned you off that nah, shot? Nah, nothing at all. So he didn't register. He didn't, he didn't. Oh, that's weird that happens. Yeah, Sometimes nah. it is. And I mean, it's like you get yeah. caught up in the moment, you hit the guy, but then you kind of forget what you hit him with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Because for me, my part, I'm like, if anyone 
else was in my situation at that point was going to take a knee down. And that's 100% sure. Anyone. Because yeah. he called me perfectly. I could see because you were, you were, you were getting away. You were perfectly. backing out. Perfectly. But in my head, I always, when I was in the gym, I was always told, never show your opponent your weakness, even though he caught you the hardest shot. But in my head, I was like, okay, and still, I'm still the same. Same face, emotion, same everything. Just move back, just move back, just move back. And not much people could catch that. Yeah. Only the people that's around, let's say five or four, the close people, the people that know me, like you, you know, yeah. only that's around me that knows. But not much people could know me, could see that. So that's what I took away. I'm like, okay, let those few people, because those people are close to you, they're always going to tell you your, your mistakes, you know? So I'm cool with that. I'm like, okay, just, you know what? Go back in the corner and just get some rest. Boom. That's what happened. And then you, you did. You came back in the third round. And then from then on in, it was pretty much methodical in what you were doing. Now, the style that you adopted for this particular fight was that of do not stand still, do not get caught. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were able to, when you were backed up onto the ropes, I could see you were trying to string your chin out there to hope draw a shot so that you could mm. hit him on the counter. Yeah, yeah, Am yeah. I right with yeah, that yeah. assumption? Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's a it's a strategy that was perfect for that particular kind of fighter because he was taking all the bait that you were offering him. He wasn't sort of, he, you know, when, when you're fighting a counterpuncher who's drawing his chin out at you, in order for you to draw a shot out of him that you can counter on, that kind of situation you'd want to use feints more. So you're drawing your chin out. If I'm up against you, I feint a jab or I feint a right hand, but I'm not throwing it just to get you to back out. And then I come in to sort of counter your counter. He wasn't able to do that. Whether or not his his mind was geared in that kind of way to realize or or understand that situation, I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. But obviously, as you get further and further along your record, you're going to find guys who will start to feint if you're countering Mm -hmm. because then they'll try and get you to show your cards first. You got away with it in this fight. You were able to uh, draw shots out of him. Your body movement was brilliant. Your torso movement was brilliant. Your legs were amazing. And your legs for 10 rounds. I noticed you took less time off in this fight than you did your previous fight, which is an eight-rounder. So you're starting to gear yourself into being a 12-round fighter. Yeah, 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 yeah. Are you expecting that your endurance is what's going to carry you through in your career to come? Well, one thing I've seen in my my point of view, I think – my my downfalls, my legs are very, very tight. You know, I really, I'm very happy with that. You know, I thank my coach for that, you know, big shout out to him. Because with, with my legs, I can go however, as far as I can. Because always in the gym, I do an extra round, you know. When maybe we're doing three minutes round, I make it five minutes. Yeah. You know, we can do maybe, we can even do one thing just for five minutes just to get those legs to feel like, I want to go to a boy and I'm like, yo, I can't walk the next morning, you know. And that's what's been helping me, you know. That's why I think the next fight's going to be 10 and another 10, then uh, which it's going to be in Portugal. Your next fight? Yeah, in Portugal. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I signed up with the the, the, the guy that came from England. Mickey Hallett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Is it? Uh, Elliot. Elliot, there we go. Mickey Hallett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I signed up with him. So I'm fighting in two months' time in Portugal. Yeah. Okay. And do you have any idea what... So you reckon it's going to be a 10-round? It's going to be junior middleweight? 10-round, yeah, 10-round. And uh, no idea on who the opponent might not be? Not yet, not yet. Okay, so you don't know if it's going to be a British guy yeah. or a Portuguese guy. There's not a lot of Portuguese boxes. Not yet. <laughs> That's a fantastic news. That's mm-hmm. awesome. So that's a done deal. 
well, it's a done deal when when you when you get the plane tickets, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. But for a starter, that's great. So going international. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the key, man, because you can only fight so many guys in Cape Town and South Africa, and especially junior middleweights. Around the world isn't the most buoyant of divisions. It's kind of always been like the ugly little sister to welterweight. For sure, for sure. You know? And um, in America, you got the Charlos, mm -hmm. who brought it alive again, and Austin Trout, uh, that other that other guy, Hurd, yeah, uh, yeah. Jared Hurd. Yeah. There seems to be a lot more buoyancy nowadays in junior middleweight. So... Mm -hmm. How is making that weight for you? Is it still doable? Uh, this weight was really, really easy for me. Yeah, because I know mm -hmm. the last one was tough. Um, the last one wasn't that tough. But um, it just came to a point of view that I, I always had a plan to go on three weight division. You know, welterweight, super welterweight, and 69. That's my last three points. Yeah. And I'm still having a vision. I want to do both of those three weights have each and every belt on, on both of those three belts and defend on both of them and be undefeated on those three belts. So I'm just trying this way, see how it goes. But my next plan, by next year, I'm planning to go back down, you know, to try and manage 68 a bit. Yeah. See, now that was by your own admittance of going back down. Now, yeah. I'm going to be absolutely honest with you. There's been talk of you going to middleweight mm -hmm. to fight Antonio Mayala, yeah, yeah. who's a big middleweight. Yeah. He's a big kid in any case, no matter where you stick him. Mm -hmm. Which I thought was, A, a ridiculous statement to make. Yeah. Because I don't think you're a middleweight. No. Your body size isn't a middleweight, and I don't think you're going to grow much taller than what you are now. The other thing being that to carry a punch that can stop bigger guys coming onto you at middleweight – you're not the ma you're not the biggest puncher at junior middle, but what your what your um your advantages are is your speed, your reflexes, your athleticism, and that's what makes you an endurance fighter because you're able to win fights on points mm -hmm. as opposed mm -hmm. to going and blasting a guard in two rounds. I mean, even you'll know you're no Gennady yeah. Golovkin. Yeah, you're not that style of fighter. So, mm -hmm. I read and it was Steve Calicotto who put it up. Yeah, put you versus Mayala. For a middleweight WBC silver international mm -hmm. title. And I can't see how that would benefit your career in any case. Yeah, for sure. Making you stick on the extra weight, going up a division, fighting a big guy who's experienced already. I don't know. Is he a middleweight or is he a junior middle? What does he boil down to? I'm, he's around 72. Okay. So 72. he can be flexible on that kind of weight. But the thing is, is that he is a powerful guy. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, that's not the fight that you should be chasing often. It's not the <laughs> fight that's best for your career. Obviously, money talks. Like yeah, you yeah. said, if they were offering me money at bantamweight, hey, I'm boiling down I'm, and I'm, I'm going, going down, there. <laughs> yeah, sure. So money will always be the deciding factor. Sure. Yeah. If it's with it, out. If it's with it, then we speak about it. No? Like, you're right. You know, he's around 72. And when they proposed my dad about that fight, you know. Then my so dad have they like, actually made contact to your father personally? It's not just a Facebook not, thing? Not 100%. Yeah. You know. Well, they gave my dad a proposition, which was um, son of Courtney. He called my dad and told me that, yo, we got your dad something. We got your son something. He should fight for, Kalakuda's offering him WBC silver, but he didn't put Tony Mayala. That was not with Tony Mayala. He said WBC silver with Emil Kalikuzi fighting because... That guy who blew up there at Ukrainian experiment. Yeah, in Tanzania. I think yes, like that. your Tanzanian boy. So he wants me to bring the belt back. Then I'm like, okay, cool. But 
then bring the papers and the money down. If that's there, then done deal. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. For sure. You saying the fight was gonna be 30 of March. I'm ready for sure. I'm gonna take it. I'll be always been back. Easy for training. Even though I went 10 rounds just a week ago, I'm ready. With a busted arm and a busted shoulder. Not a problem. I'm there. And um what it was just like a bit of a no show on the money side. Yeah. It didn't seem interesting. Yeah. So then I got been told a bit of a couple of people just to be careful with a bit of Colocotta's funny tricks. Then I'm like, okay. Then I spoke to my dad. I'm like, yo, I'm seeing this. Then I'm hearing this. What's happening? It was Tony Mayala, and that's the boy from Tanzania. What's happening? This guy of yours is not clear. Yeah. He's just in the middle. So I'm like, yo, dad, you know what? Let's let's just wait and see how it goes, you know. See, the thing is, you've got time on your side. Yeah. You're 20. For sure. You're not like... Sali at the end of his career who's kind of got to take what he gets offered for sure you have a direct run at any kind of title that you want because you have that time on your hands and I think promoters need to respect that because that's when they're going to come with a more of a realistic offer to you going okay this is a guy's still a kid how about we throw him a bone and build his career as opposed to yeah he has a title do you want something big shiny and gold but he has like five rand it's ridiculous. Sure. I don't understand how promoters can even do that. It's almost like they don't respect what you go through to get sure. yourself into the ring in the yeah, first fucking sure. place. It's true. Um, now, the Tanzanian guy, I didn't see his fight. I didn't I didn't watch any of it. I, I heard he only has like four fights. Something like, and it's a salty record as well. Like, you don't know what is his Tanzanian record and what's his South African yeah, box rec sure. record. It's all different. Nor do we know if he's really the age that he says he is. But he... Blew out, uh, I think it was a Ukrainian mm -hmm. prospect that Calicota has obviously been grooming yeah. because everyone's on the search for the next Triple G and everyone thinks we've got to go to Russia to find it or whatever. Yeah. He blows this guy out. And then the next thing that Calicota is doing is he's offering him up to you. Yeah. And I thought to myself, well, look, what's wrong with the kid who just did a number on your Ukrainian? He, clearly, he's got something. Mm -hmm. He's not afraid of the bright lights. He performed. He knocked that guy out. He had him staggering and cartwheeling all over the ring. Yet you want him to get stripped of his title by somebody else. Why not develop that guy? I mean, if you say you're in it for African boxing, he's Tanzanian, which last time I checked was a part of Africa. Why aren't you trying to develop his name? For sure. I mean, you've got your career path. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, well, I don't want a Tanzanian who knocked over my Ukrainian, so this is my revenge. Let's yeah. put him in with Kalakuzi, and Kalakuzi can fuck him up, up. Take, his, take his belt. I mean, that's not how boxing should be it's done. Not it's not that. how it should be handled. No. And that's why I took ombridge to what Steve said, and I put it out there. I said, you want to move Kalakuzi up to middleweight to fight Mayala at middleweight? The belt's already held by the Tanzanian guy who just smoked your Ukrainian guy. So why aren't you helping him out, building his career? He's still a kid. It makes no sense to me. So tell me more about Mickey Hilliard. Um, you know, what kind of things is, have you guys spoken about? I mean, is there, is, there, is there real buoyancy there? Is there something to be happy about? Is yeah, there something to get some, excited about? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, Mickey Hilliard, I haven't spoken to him in person, but um, they had a, mon a Monday, they had a meeting. <laughs> they had a meeting here, my dad and Andrew. They all had a meeting. So I wasn't there. I'm I'm just a boxer, you know. I just yeah. wanted to hear it from my dad. Um, well, Mickey Hilliard, we we planning, we had a plan to do a two year contract, but definitely from the fight and everything, he's happy. 
Yeah, he, he says, filmed the whole thing holding yeah. his cell phone I saw camera. him. He was just there. He brought himself in the ring. He was there. So Mickey Heller is planning to do a longer contract, you know. He's trying to make the contract wrong. He says, listen, you man, we can make this boy champion together. If we all work together, we can put this boy on top there. You know, he can be the next Uben Jr., you know. He can be the next whoever, you know what I mean? Just work together. So I'm happy about it, you know. And at the same time, I have a promoter from, <clears throat> I'm having a meeting with promoter on Thursday. I don't know if you know this lady, Jackie, Jackie Smith. She's from America, Atlanta. And she's interested in me as well. You know, she want to take me overseas, you know what I mean? So things are just coming good for me, you know. Things are coming lovely, you know. There's options on the table. You're options still a kid, table. and this is why you should never rush into your next That's why I'm not rushing, you know. Yeah. Relax. Relax. So calm, you know. I'm supposed to have a unified on the 23 of Alan, Alan Kalikuzi. I'm supposed to find on his. Oh, uh, Maxim Promotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but my whole plan was like, um, I'll fight this fight if my fight on the second ends early. Yeah. If but it, it ends at the round four, okay, I'm taking your fight. We're signing up just after the fight. But if it goes to 10 rounds, I'm sorry. I can't. You know what I mean? I'm rest. I need to rest. Yeah. And um, how many times a year would you think is the best amount of times for you to fight personally? Um, <clears throat> at this age, I think... At this age, I think four to five times is good. I'm young. I have the energy. I'm ready. I'm ready. I only need a day or two to rest, and I'm back. And um, so, tell me, you you had the you had the ten rounder. I did notice a small cut on your cheekbone. What caused that? Was that a head clash, or was that a was that a, a straight up punch? <clears throat> that punch, I really don't know what happened. Yeah, yeah. I only saw that in my changing room. Okay. I don't know what happened if it was a punch, but I was excited, you know. I'm like, okay, man, nigga broke his books in Virgin, you know. I'm, <laughs> now I know how it feels, you know what I mean? And it was completely healed. Yeah. Completely healed back. That's quick. Yeah. So, but this fight, I was really happy because now, you know, I know how it feels to be in the real war. Yeah. You don't just go each and every day, you knock out everyone. It's not easy hitting everyone. It's human. He's been training the same as you've been training, you know. Training for two months, and he's been training for two months. You bowl in there, you're gonna fight, you're gonna explode, you know. So now I feel I'm like, in my head, okay, I always take boxing seriously, but I'm taking boxing extremely seriously now. It's really, really not something to joke about. Not a day, not a second, not an hour, nothing. So I was really, really happy with this fight, you know. It taught me a lot. Really, really taught me a lot. Are you prepared to move your base overseas? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. So it's like I say, it's almost sad in a way. Like again, going back to what we spoke to at the beginning, you've been fighting for recognition as a South African for such a long time. You you wear the flag on your on your trunks. You show the people what you're capable of. That you're a star athlete. You're a star fighter. Yeah. And it's like okay, well, overseas wants me, so tough shit, guys. I'm not. And I don't blame you for doing that because at the end of the day. You're not fighting for a country. You're fighting for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know I tell this to any rugby player that I've ever spoken to, pro guys. I said, I don't understand why people hate it when you go to France and you don't want to play for the Springboks because at the end of the day, you put your body in a position where you're colliding professionally with somebody else bigger than you, smaller yeah, than yeah. you. Sometimes you get hit by two or three people at one time. You're getting stomped on. You're getting kicked out the way. It's a tough, tough sport, and your shelf life is so short to earn maximum amount of money, take that contract in France if they offer it to you. Yeah. 
For sure. Yet the South African fans go, oh, he's a traitor. How can he go over? And like, no, it's their bodies are getting fucked up on a daily basis. That's what they deserve. And it's the same with a fighter. Leave South Africa if there's nothing here for you. I completely agree with that move. For sure. You know? Yeah. Um, and then in terms of you fighting in Portugal, how would it work? Would you prepare here and then fly up? I'll prepare here and I'll be there like a month or two weeks before the fight. I'll be there. And is there a date for that fight? It's not yet confirmed. Oh, not, it's still to be yeah, confirmed. And this week coming, everything will be confirmed. Okay, so it's yeah. moving quickly, man. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you pay much attention to what goes on in international boxing? Do you follow boxing websites? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this weekend, uh-huh. I don't know if you were aware of Julius Ndongo. Uh-huh, yeah. On I Thursday. Yeah, I was, spoke, I, was thinking, I was talking to him. I was talking about him yeah. to the promoter that's interested in me in America. So he got iced in two rounds uh-huh. by a guy, I don't know, I forget how to pronounce his name, Regis Progress. Uh-huh. It looks like that. I he's from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Now, Ndongo is a strange cat because people forget he unified a division. He went to Russia and knocked out the Russian champion for the WBA belt. He went to Scotland and buggered up Ricky Burns for the, for the IBF belt. And then, of course, he got smoked by Terence Crawford. Yeah, yeah. And he was fighting against Regis Progress. Mm-hmm. Or Progress. Forgive me, I don't know what his name is. It's something along those lines. And he got busted up and beaten up in two rounds, and he got knocked out. He's still relative. I think he's about 33 or 34 years old. Yeah. If you see something like that happening, do you ever think in your, in your mind, like, the futility of boxing, that you could be the man, that you could have unified a division... Yeah, you got broken by a uh, by a Terence Crawford, mm-hmm. and then your next fight you're fighting a guy that I didn't know much about him. Uh, he had an unblemished record; he was a perfect record, but mm-hmm. I knew nothing about him. And then suddenly that guy beasts you in two rounds. Mm-hmm. What would that put in your mind? I mean, do you ever think about the actuality of that kind of thing happening to you? Um, for me, I mean, does it not sort of serve as a you know? Don't get too get your head get too far into the clouds. For sure, for sure, that's that is true. You know, I remember when I had my first interview on News News Twenty Four, Media Twenty Four, something like I can't remember. That was like four in their years. studio. Yeah, yeah, Media Twenty Four News Twenty Four, something like that. That was like four years ago, and I still remember what I said. That they asked me, Emil, what happens if you get beaten, even though you're undefeated. What happens if you get bit? I told the guy, um, his name was Nick. Um, Nick. Nick Porson. Yeah. Yeah, a good friend of mine. If I get ever get bit, if I ever lose, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna get up and stand up and take the pain and keep on moving. Yep. If I fight, if I fight. If I retire, I retire. It's boxing, mm-hmm. you know. It's happened to a lot of people, you know. It's happen- It's gonna happen. It happens. It happens. You're not God. You don't know what's gonna happen. You know. You don't know what's forward there, because at the end of the day, your opponent is also training as hard or training more harder as you. You know. So if it happens, it happens. You know. So if taking that point of view, you know, and checking to the age, you know, because sometimes boxing, you look at the age a bit. You know, you can't always be. Thinking, hey, I'm 20, I'm 15, I'm this. You know, when your age is hitting you a bit, you know, you're like, yo, listen, man. 
This is not for me. If you get, I've always told myself, if I ever lose more than two fights, I'm done. Two. Two. Two is enough. One second, because for sure, I've seen it. I've seen it with my dad, you know, and I've seen it with my uncles, you know. And I promise you, boxing is something else. It has a lot of politics. The first fight you lose, I remember when my dad, I wouldn't say that I'm talking for my dad or I'm supporting my dad, but I saw the fight myself. You know, I was a kid, but I saw the fight myself, and we still have the fight. I saw the fight myself. They gave the fight to my dad's opener because of why? Country. You yeah. Know? I saw the fight, and without opportunity, my dad was going to go overseas to fight for the WBC world, world title. But on points, they gave the guy just one point. They gave the guy the fight. He won the fight. And boom, they did a rematch, and my dad knocked him out. Round 10. That same guy. You know what I mean? So if you can check, you check the fight again, and you check the rematch, you're like, what's happening over here? You know, strictly in boxing, if you lose one fight, people are not gonna, unless you come to a point that you like on top. And it's not easy to get there on top, you know. And don't go salute. He has fought hard. He's fought that. He's fought that. He's fought those people. Russia, that. But I promise you, the moment you lose one fight, people are like, nah. That's the thing that annoys me the most about boxing. Or any fight sport in particular. Now, obviously, Floyd Mayweather has made being undefeated the ultimate goal of any fighter because obviously he classes himself, I'm undefeated, this is how you, if you really want to be classed as the greatest ever, you have to be undefeated. undefeated. Which I don't agree with at all because if you fight in a means to protect your zero at all costs, I think that sometimes... It can take away your creativity. It can take away your expression. Yeah. Because you're going to be a bit more afraid yeah. to do something that you probably do to sparring partners all the time in the gym. But you're not going to bring it out in the fight because you're worried about, oh, what if I zig and he counters me and that move that I used in the gym isn't going to work. When you've practiced it so many times in the gym that if you were to bring it out onto the big stage, mm -hmm. you would pull it off. But mm -hmm. because you're so worried about losing, you might put that tool back in the bag and not even bring it out. And I think that it's like when you buy a new car, you wash it yourself, you clean it yourself, you vacuum it yourself. And then as soon as you get the first ding in it, you're like, ah, fuck it. Okay, whatever. And yeah. now I'll just hurry. I'll just drive and I'll enjoy it. And I kind of think that that is a fighting mentality as well but in a positive manner because sometimes when you get that first loss, you go, okay, fine. Well, now the zero is out the window. There's less pressure on yourself mm -hmm. to perform the next time that you go to the ring. Yeah. And I think that boxing promoters should be paying as much attention to the guys who've lost three or four fights yeah. who are still young enough to fight and still look like they're interested in fighting as the guys that they have that have zero losses. For sure. And uh, MMA... There's a lot of fighters out there who have multiple losses. I think like Nick Diaz, something like 26 wins and 13 losses. He's still one of the top three or four earners in the sport. Yeah. Because they are more, they are less worried about giving a guy an opportunity who's had 10 or 15 losses on his record, but they know he brings it every goddamn time. Yeah. And I wish boxing and boxing promoters would start to change their mindset because 
think of it this way. You, you've heard of Jorge Linares. Yeah, yeah. He's the, I think he's now the dual title holder, WBC, WBA lightweight champion. He has been on an unbeaten run for 10 years. He's got maybe three losses on his record. He's one of my favorite fighters. Stylistically, he's beautiful to watch. He's like poetry. He's a mover. He's a counterpuncher. His only problem is, is that his skin lets him down because he kind of bleeds when you shake his hand kind mm -hmm. of thing, which has been why he's lost a couple of his fights. But there's not a single boxing rider in this world that will stick him in the top 10 pound for pound list. He hasn't been beaten in 10 years. Yet no one will look at him, but they'll give Errol Spence the number four position. He hasn't really fought anyone anyone that's mm. really tested him. Mm. I mean, Lamont Peterson is kind of... Lamont Peterson's been beaten a few times. He hadn't fought in 15 months. I don't know how much you can look into that. Lamont Peterson's tough, but he's not, he's not Errol Spence. He's not Keith Thurman. He's not Cole Garcia. Fro. You know, it, yet they give him the number six position. And it's so weird to me how... Boxing writers will do that. How media people will do that. Whereas I'm like, the guy's lost three fights, but he hasn't been beaten in 10 years. He currently holds two world title, is regarded as the best lightweight on the planet. You can't find space for him in the top 10. Are you fucking kidding me? It's it's weird. And I, I just think if I could give you any advice is don't fear losing. Never fear losing. Yeah. Because you will have noticed even from your last fight, you learn more about 10 rounds than you learned about eight. Yeah. And you learned more about eight rounds than you learned about blowing some guy out in four rounds. Yeah. And that's your evolution. So I, I think don't ever fear losing because, and you, you're quite hard on yourself, two fights and I'm out, two losses and I'm out. I don't know. It depends how old you are. Mm -hmm. It depends if you're still able to put it together upstairs. For sure. You know, you haven't, if, if those two losses were close, like split decisions or it was an even kind of fight, I don't think it's worth considering retiring unless one of those losses was you got fucked up. Some yeah. guy bludgeoned you. Yeah, he, yeah that's the whole point. That's he, the whole point. Yeah, he beat that's you up point. for 10 rounds then he knocked Dude. you out in the 12th. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think fear less about losing hmm. because it allows you to be creative and it, sure. it allows you to, to not worry about being scared to bring that other tool out in the box that you know you'd know how to use really well, but because you're worried about this guy, you're not going to bring it out. You know, sometimes you just got to put it all out there. Yeah. Um, and like last weekend, were you able to watch anything on YouTube, the Deontay Wilder yeah, versus Lewis Ortiz fight? I watched that. Yeah, I watched that. What did you think? Um, mm. Where do you sit on the fence with Deontay Wilder? I'm a big fan of Wilder. I'm a big fan of Wilder. But um, this fight was really, really close. We all, we all saw that. We all saw that. Even though people say, yeah, Walter's swimmer, Walter's that, but he's a world champion. What is that? But he's still a world champion. That's one thing for sure. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see him fight Anthony Josh. But, uh, but, I don't think Anthony Josh is still ready for that. I also don't think that. I say in the next two years, three years, Anthony Joshua hit it for sure. But now, because if I can check from Anthony Josh, um, he fought Klitschko, good fight. He fought the lost guy, I forget his name. To Cam. To Cam, but he couldn't drop to Cam. First time he fought Klitschko, it was his first time he went 10 rounds, right? Yeah. 10 rounds and... 12. Uh, well, yeah, you finished him in the 11th. Yeah. But I think his previous lo his last fight had been, the longest had been eight rounds. Yeah, but look how he fought Klitschko. 
And look how Klitschko fought. Brilliant fight. Really lovely. But the way he fought to Cam, I didn't I don't think that's uh, for me my part, I don't think to Cam lost. I don't know what's wrong with the riffle. I'm not blending, but I don't think Takam was even knocked down or even stand a bit. Yeah, he, he ended up getting stopped. But, you know, the thing about Takam, he's a funny character because he's a rough, tough veteran. Although mm-hmm. he's a veteran, but I think he's not even, I think he's only like 30 or 32. But he's had a very long career and he, he, he made a career for himself of making you look bad. He fought against Joseph Parker. Yeah, yeah. And he took Parker 12 rounds and Parker went life and death with him. So now Parker beat him 12 rounds. Anthony Joshua stopped him in, I think, seven or eight. I'm not sure. I don't need to check my phone for that one. But Round 10. It was around 10. The referee stopped the fight. Yes, because uh, Takam was taking punishment. He was. And he wasn't winning on the on the scorecards. But yeah, he, was, yeah. he was giving it was as much as he could. So now you've got Parker versus AJ. Now, their, their common opponent is Carlos Takam. Mm-hmm. Carlos Cam did 12 rounds with Parker mm-hmm. and looked good, made Parker look bad. Cam did how many rounds? 10. 10 with AJ. 10 with AJ. Also made him look not as invincible as people think he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Now they're fighting each other. And I think that Parker is going to give trouble to AJ. to AJ. I don't think it's going to go all his way. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if AJ gets a split decision. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. it'll go 12. But then when you bring in Deontay Wilder into the equation, and the most common thing you read on the internet is no style, yeah, windmill, yeah. But hey, 40 wins, 39 knockouts says no style and windmill's working for him. He goes and survives around seven against Luis Ortiz, mm-hmm. who's no mug. He's as legit as they come. And he got out of there barely alive, yeah. staggering all over the place, and then went and finished the job and got him out of there. Which shows that he's got a heart on him. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand about Deontay Wilder. Do you know why he got into boxing? Because it was the only way that he could pay for his daughter's heart transplant. Mm-hmm. That's why he got into boxing. And then he realized that he was really, really good at it. And he was started smoking guys. And I think that if AJ versus Wilder was signed tomorrow, Wilder wins. Wilder wins, for sure. I still think AJ, for me, I don't, I don't see AJ with, with a perfect star. That's my point of view. Great right hand. He's got heart. He's, I mean, he's got heart. Yeah, that's I mean, for sure. He's got that gun that shot that he took heart. to the face from for sure. Vlad Klitschko. Man, he's a Nigerian. They got heart. Man, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Nigerians got heart. You know, so. He's got heart, but boxing-wise, I'm putting that aside. Boxing-wise, no. You don't think he's got a cleaner technique? Nah, I think even Tyson Fury is better. Ooh, funny you should say even that. Even Tyson Fury is better. Tony yeah. Bill is perfect. Tyson Fury, from my point of view, I'm I'm saying my my. No, go ahead, bro. You know, Tyson Fury is better. Tyson Fury will really stylistically, he's more stylistic. Is clean. He doesn't have much power, but he goes, he finishes 12 rounds, he can even go 15 rounds, and he will, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure, he will beat AJ. So you think Wilder beats AJ, you think that Tyson Fury beats AJ? For sure. Well, I I don't disagree with you. I think that 
Tyson Fury is a hard fight for anybody. Yeah. Because yeah. also what they forget is, no, he doesn't carry a big punch, but he, he's, he's a, a giant. He's a huge man. He's a giant. And when he leans on you, he's taking all your power <laughs> out of your body. You know what I mean? And that's how he beat Klitschko. Yeah, in, for sure. in Dusseldorf. He went there and he hands down threw a punch, then grabbed and then leant on him and sapped his power, which is something that Klitschko normally does to other mm-hmm. people. Yeah. So I, I, you know, the heavyweight division suddenly is like, wow, there's a lot of lotteries out there. For sure, for sure. And the thing about um, AJ versus Wilder is, okay, so both of them have shown that their chins mm-hmm. can be cracked. Yeah, yeah. They're both big punches, which mm-hmm. means. I think the fight that we have on our hands is going to be epic. Yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised if there's going to be a point where both of them are staggering at the same kind of time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I, I hope that fight happens soon. And what I read this morning on ESPN is Eddie Hearn, who's uh, Anthony Joshua's promoter, uh-huh. said that it's going to be Wilder next after Parker. Okay. So okay. we're going to be given that fight but possibly this year. For, for Anthony Josh, I'll give him this. If he could fight Wilder this year, I'm still going on Wilder's side. But if he catches Wilder, that's that's. A, I'm not sure Wilder will survive that. That's one thing for sure. Because it's a young guy. Yeah, but if they go to decision, forward. nah, I don't think any Joshua will go to decision. Even survive to decision. That's one thing I say. Because if he catches Wilder round seven, round eight, boom, Wilder is gone for sure. Whereas maybe Ortiz wasn't young enough to jump onto the gas, like. You know. A guy like what uh, that Anthony Joshua would mm-hmm. be able because I think Joshua is still only twenty seven or twenty eight. Yeah, he still has the energy in his prime. Because I saw from that fight when he fought Klitschko, Klitschko knocked him down very well. That straight and right hand, oh, and the noise it made <gasps> sounded like a gunshot. It was a gunshot. You know what dude. I mean? And I saw from the age and Klitschko the age. It's not gonna. If Anthony Joshua gets up, he's solely gonna beat. Klitschko badly. And I saw that coming from a mile away. I saw that coming big time. And it's happened. Yeah. It's happening. But this fight, I'm even putting money down. I'm even betting with all my friends, gym partners, sparring partners. I'm like, yo, I'm on Wilder's side no matter what. It's better I lose, but I want to see that thing happen and see if Wilder lose, man, he's still the champion. Dude, Colin Nathan says that as well. I had a chat to him about this at the beginning of the year on this podcast. And I said to him, if Wilder versus AJ gets signed tomorrow, he goes, Wilder. I said, "Why?" He goes, "Athleticism." Yeah, he's a his footwork. He's a he's a difficult guy to read, uh-huh. and that windmilling. He's very difficult, man. That windmilling is hard to read because you're not seeing punches that come straight in your eye line. They're coming from periphery. They're coming from sure here and yeah. And um, Wilder has been twelve rounds once before mm-hmm. against Berman Stavern, uh-huh. the first time that they fought. Mm-hmm. AJ is yet to see twelve rounds. Not yeah. And that's a big factor when he, when guys are that big and the, the occasion is that big because it's a football stadium that gets sold out for that fight. Mm-hmm. 12 rounds with all of those uh, side uh, notes is quite a big factor. For sure. Experience-wise. 12 rounds is like having a 15-round fight. For sure, you know? for sure. For everywhere. Yeah. It's like having 20. Um, so we're both uh, rooting for Wilder on AJ. Yeah. I yeah. love AJ, Wilder. though. I really do. I think he's a magnificent person. Yeah, man. Body yeah. beautiful all the time, always fit, yeah, always that, Yeah, that, that was before he got to meet Klitschko. He got to meet uh, all of those guys. But for now, I'm on Wilder's side, for sure. Um, and then in terms of, uh, let's have a look closer at your kind of division, what's going on around your weight class. Mm-hmm. 
in South Africa, mm-hmm. if you got the option of open cards on the table from a promoter saying, who do you want to fight next? Mm-hmm. What, are your, what are your answers to that question? Well, in South Africa, we got... Um, we got some some couple of guys. We got um, the Bulldog. Maklongo. Yeah. We got, I don't know, Brandon Tyson if he's still there. But I heard, that was a last year talk. People telling me, me and him will be a good fight. I'm like, yo, where's the paper? Yeah. Let the paper speak. I'm ready. Unfortunately, you know, he got fed to Bulldog a little bit too early in his career. And I don't know if he's going to come back from that. You know, that was a mistake I think his team made. Mm. They should have not taken that, but it's happened. That was a bit of a mistake they did. Obviously, from round one to round six, the kid was dominating, was beating Bulldog. But Bulldog has fought 12 rounds, has fought plenty of rounds, experience. So he knows the timing. He knows this kid is going to come to a point. He's going to come to a point, and I'm going to break him down slowly, 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 slowly. But for me... I always said this, I, I keep reminding people on my first fight, you know, okay, my first fight was uh, easy to go, you know, but but people didn't notice this, you know, people thought, nah, this kid is just playing around, um, someone is going to, he's going to go, he's going to quit, but I'm keep on telling people this, I'm ready, and I'm here, and it's more for you people to see, and that's the same thing I said, you know, and people don't notice this, I'm going to make sure I become the next page of boxing. And I'm promising each and every one, you know. So if they offer me Klongo, I'm here. You'd, you'd want to fight Bulldog? I'm here. They offer me whoever. We got, what's his name? He just won the WBC. Was this last weekend? Tulani and Benga. Yeah. Okay. But he's I, a world away. He's a world away, but I think... He's. I think he's looking bad at welterweight. Mm-hmm. I think the weight cut is killing him because he's a big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he. I think he's forcing it a bit too he much. He is. I, that performance, I watched that fight. Um, you know, he looked sluggish to me. Mm-hmm. He wasn't throwing combinations. Yeah, he relies yeah. on one punch, sort of very basic uh, jab, straight right, left hook. You know, that's it. It kind of mm-hmm. ends there. And he took shots. He's hittable. Yeah. I think he needs to move up to junior middle. If he moved up to junior middle tomorrow, would you meet him? We're there. Let the paper speak. And then um, in the Cape Town circuit, I know Cristiano is your sparring partner. Um, Cristiano, we only did, it wasn't like a real sparring. We did like something just, you know, hey, you Light know, stuff. hey, yeah, yeah, you know, let's just spar a bit, you know, just play around. But if he's there, okay, we're good friends, but man, let's give some people entertainment, you know. At the end of the day, we're not killing one another or I'm not taking your girlfriend or anything, you know, so, (laughs) you know what I mean, (laughs) you know, just give the people entertainment and let's move on, you know, we got Sally, well, man, I'm not there to, to show people that, um, I'm big people to entertain people and move on, you know, yo, I fought you, I fought you, okay, yeah, cool, it was a great fight, yeah, it was a great fight, you won, yeah, cool, thanks, you know, keep on going, you know. I'm not there for ambition to beat people, to show people, yeah, uh, I can also fight. I can also that. No. Do you say that because you think stylistically Sali is a, a, not, a, a, not a boring fight, but not what it could be against somebody who wants to come to seek and destroy you? Um, I mean, what, do you, what, do, what is your assessment of Sali's style that you think would, might not make it an entertaining fight? 
Well, Sully is he's a he's he's a good fighter. Even though he's been losing or he has lost, Sully has heart. Yes. Oh yeah. He's got a lot of that. Sully has heart. And Sully is a good fighter. But you know one thing he's missing is just a trainer. Yeah. That's my point of view. If Sully could have a perfect trainer, like my dad, Sully would be the world champion. Would be an SA champion. Yeah, that's the thing that you say that, and I agree with you because he's always super fit. Yeah. That guy has never missed weight in his life. Yeah. And even at his age, I think, no disrespect close to, to Sully, close to 40. Yeah. That guy's got his eight pack going on that most people, twin, half his age, would want to have. He's got so much heart. I've seen him get staggered. Um, he was fighting in East London. Against that tall white guy, Giovanni. Oh, he's, he's like Giovanni somebody. Um, and he got staggered maybe four or five times in that fight, but he would never fall down. No, no, no. And he came back roaring. Um, I think you fighting Sali would be an interesting fight because, pre- again, presents a style that you haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Sali hasn't got the best footwork, I don't think. Mm-hmm. I think he's 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 too much of a stationary target at the best of times. Whereas I th- I think that that's where your advantage is is your ability to come in, buzz in, take shots, move out, buzz in, take shots, move out, and stay on the fly the whole time. Yeah, it's a fight that I would like to see happen, but it's a fight that's only worth it to you if it happens this year. Yeah, for sure. Because you know, next year he's going to be another. He's going to be another year older. He's going to be another year older. And if he takes a loss between, I mean, he's got a fight coming up on a Calicota Bull the next oh, one, I think. A, yeah. If he takes a loss there, I think it's kind of over for him. Mm-hmm. Although I don't know who he's fighting. I think he was supposed to fight Cristiano and Abbasi. I heard. I heard so. But and I think they fought. They have fought before. They Apparently, fought. it was a war. It was a great fight. Best performance I've ever seen, Sally. Best performance. He was on the losing end of that one. He was in losing, but that fight was close. Yeah. That fight was really, really close. And apparently close. he had Cristiano rocking and rolling as For well. For sure. I was straight. I was in front. I was sitting there, but I was the best performance I've ever seen. I was so happy with that performance. So, McLonga. Yeah. Bulldog, you'd, you'd want to have. Tulani and Benge. That's a fight that I think would be very interesting. And in fact, if I had the choice of what I'd want to see... I'd want to see you against Talani and Benga because I think you could beat him. I definitely think you could beat him. I think to answer the question, can you beat him more concisely, we would need to see him fight one at junior middleweight to see if the weight is his problem. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Is he a different fighter when he's allowed to keep a little bit more weight on him? Mm -hmm. He's a big kid. He's a young kid. He's ambitious. He's obviously East London all the way, so he comes with a lot of talent. But I think that you guys are perfectly matched for each other at this point in your careers. I'd love to see it happen if anyone... I think is is 10, um, 12 and 0 or something. You guys have got similar records. Yeah. Almost, I, they could be identical. And I think that it would be a great fight. But now the problem is, he's won this belt at welterweight. Yeah. So now he kind of has to stay there. Yeah. And I think it's killing him. I really do. I've watched his last two fights. He hasn't looked good at welterweight, and he's a big kid. He's growing. He's still a kid. He's 22 or 21. He's like your age. Something like that, yeah. And his body is undergoing still those final chemical changes to when he becomes a man. And I think that his weight cuts are killing him, and I think that he should move up to junior middle, and I think that you guys should fight each other. But if it doesn't happen now, it's something that's coming down the line. I'll make sure it happens. I'd love to see it. We'll make a plan. Um. 
is there anything that you'd like to say to any of your your fans or haters out there listening to this podcast? Because I know they're gonna. Well, um, I'll go first to my to my haters. Keep doing what they're doing. Keep posting. Keep hating. I'm reading everything. Thank you. <laughs> I'm just watching it. I'm just sitting. I'm just the guy at the back having my coffee, just scrolling down my phone. You know, to the promoters. You know, to you know, to the promoters, I would like to say to also help the people out there, because there's a lot of people out there has talent. More than me, they out there. All they need is just a shot. You know, to check the boys out there. The boys that has eight and home. Ten and all. There's a lot of people out there, you know, in the world, to just just to you know just put a little eye on them, you know, and check them out and see how it happens, you know. And to my fans, hashtag swag star, <laughs> you know, keep up with the following, you know, and that's all, you know. And thanks to my team, my coaches, you know, and thanks to my mom, you know. And thanks to everyone for supporting me for so long. I've been in this sport of boxing for 10 years this was my 10th year on my birthday i want to say thank you you know and to my profession profession year has been four years i want to say thank you thanks thanks a lot and i hope they keep on supporting me thanks to you thanks to everyone man i appreciate watching you i see you changing with every fight i love how you are evolving into a, a marathon runner you're evolving into a guy who's effective down the long run because when you started your career and you're blowing out these guys in the first two rounds, everyone thought you were a knockout artist, but that was a false ass assessment of you. You're better over the long distances, and I can't wait to see when you finally have that 12-round fight and there's a belt on the line because I think you're very much capable of doing it. I think that Cape Town should be more um, accepting of who you are, that you're one of us, that we're one of you. You know, We're all the same people here, sure. and we should celebrate what we have in Cape Town, and it's absolutely ridiculous for anybody to give you shit about what you're doing and what you've accomplished in your career because there are people out there who do it, and they do it from pure jealousy. For sure. And uh, I think keep doing what you're doing. I think you're on the right path, and, man, you get my stamp of approval anytime, and you're an entertaining and a great fighter to watch over 10 rounds. I think you'll be even better over 12 rounds. And uh, thank you for giving me your time on a Sunday. All dressed up in that swag star suit, man. I really appreciate it. I wish we're going to take a photograph. This is going to go on the cover of this podcast so everyone will be able to see. But are you back in the gym? I'm um, back in the gym th this week coming. You know? So you took that whole week off? Yeah, I took a week off. and I only need a week. And I'm most ready. Most ready. No matter no fight or fight, I'm there. Deservedly so. So next stop, Portugal. Yeah. Can't wait to see it, man. Thank you very much for your time, Emil Calacuzzi. Thank you. And enjoy the rest of your weekend, my friend. Sure.